Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? This is Go Long with Dunn and Monas and Skursky today. That's right. <laughs> Great to have you here, Jay. Thank you, buddy. Welcome. Appreciate it. Good to see yeah, you. Thanks Jim. for joining yeah, us. Thanks, yeah, man. man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, this is cool. We're here at Fatty in Orchard Park for a uh, special playoff extravaganza. Yeah. Jay, where's uh, your let me, beer? Yeah, sorry. Let me playoff get here. Fatty yeah, beer. I, I should have left mine in the can. I'm, you know, first timer. I'm <laughs> I, I put it in a glass. Sorry. It's all right. We'll teach you our ways. Yeah. And... Quick shout out to St. Francis here too. It's fatty beer. That's uh, right. St. Francis guy own, owns it. So, you know, I, I got to get my plug in whenever I can. So, yeah, we, we can't forget the plugs here. Fatty. <laughs> and they've been treating us great all season long. I mean, Tyler, I think it's become kind of known that the more we have, the better our podcast seem to be. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> the feedback we get. So, fatty yeah, beer exactly. fuels. The nonsense that comes out of it sometimes. <laughs> right. If you get a few IPAs and Monas, you don't know what draft stories are going to make their way to the surface. So let's just uh, throw back a lot of beers and see what happens here. Right? <laughs> it's good to laugh because we weren't able to laugh much last week, Jim. We didn't really know Man. what the hell was going on with the sport. And it's great having Jay here because we were sitting just right by each other. I think next we had Armando time. between us. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Almost next box. to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, anybody asked me like what that night was like in Cincinnati and what you saw when you knew it was different, I say it was when Jay had the binoculars first, <laughs> and you said it's CPR, yeah. Demar Hamlin. But um, I mean, we gotta just start there before we get into the game itself because I hadn't really seen you since the game. Yeah. How are you doing, Jay? Since <laughs> a night we'll never forget. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm good. It, it's been uh, a whirlwind. It's been a lot of work, as you can imagine, right? Since then, it, you know, we were talking before we started here. That's probably the biggest sports story that maybe we've ever covered. You know, it's close to it. Um, you know, it's funny reflecting back on it in the moment. Um, you know, it, it started as okay, there's a guy down. Nobody really saw what happened. At least I didn't, um, you know, it was a regular play. You didn't anticipate much of, you didn't anticipate that it was going to be something like that. Right. And then, okay, there's a guy down. Who is it? It's Damar Hamlin. And I just, I remember seeing Tim settle first, the bill's defensive tackle and seeing his face and going, 
it doesn't look quite right, right? I mean, we are accustomed in this league to covering injuries, sometimes serious injuries, right? We see it every week. Earlier this year, Dane Jackson left on an, in an ambulance. Micah Hyde is out for the year, maybe, uh, with a neck injury, right? Two guys from the same game going to the hospital with neck injuries. And I hate to say it, it sounds horrible, but we've become accustomed to that, right? And honestly, so that was like the first thought, like, boy, was there some sort of, you know, neck or head, you know, tra trauma, you know, serious, um, something that was that serious. Uh, but you didn't know right away, right? It's just in the press box. And I think you would attest to that too. I mean, as you said, we were sitting right next to each other. You didn't know. But I remember how quickly the trainers came out. Remember how quickly there was a backboard, uh, a stretcher that came out. It was damn near immediate, right? And then just seeing the reactions on the on the Bills players' faces, it was apparent that this is this is not a this is not a normal injury. This is not something that we've seen before. And then at that point, you know, you're as you said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking through the binoculars in the press box, and Cincinnati's got a pretty good view uh you're kind of at midfield so you're kind of able to see a little bit of what's going on but there were so many <clears throat> trainers around that it was hard to have any idea what was happening right and I, I do remember this moment where the for just just a brief second the, the people that were treating him sort of shifted around and you could see that distinct oh, emotion that's where i and it was oh. and it, it and and you know it, to no, what it's tyler it's said like i i tweeted they are doing cpr on demar hamlin and it i think you me. said oh my god I'm swearing, i swear i swore during your podcast i'm sorry but i remember we, we never said, swear on this um, podcast. yeah we'll, I, we'll have to bleep that out <laughs> no I, and i just I, I i'm almost kind of getting emotional reflecting on it now because it was something i had never seen something nobody had ever seen uh on a football field and and that moment is is really sort of etched into my memory is seeing that distinct motion. And, and then, you know, from there it's, um, you know, the reporter uh, in you is, is you're doing work, right? Um, and especially at the Buffalo News, like you've got a newspaper to put out and this is, uh, now you know it's a big story. And so you, I honestly, what I, I was consciously doing was just trying to tweet everything that was I was seeing um, so that I would have a record to go back to look at, to know like, okay, yeah, all of this stuff happened, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And to piece it together, and right? Probably literally everybody else who covers the bills was going through Jay's. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, you, you did yeah. such a great job is my point. I mean, you yes. really did have the play-by-play -play, and it's, you saw everything happening in real time and documented it. And I tried to do that purposefully. I do remember thinking like, I need to be tweeting exactly what I'm seeing right now so that because you know the days of writing things down on a pen and paper are sort of gone like twitter has kind of become our notebook in some ways especially during the game and uh so i remember you know kind of going back and then eventually the ambulance leaves and it's what, what are we going to do about this how are we going to write this and then uh, we were also laughing a little bit about before we came on about the amount of requests that we had received to talk about this and uh I, one story that maybe well, I'm, I'm not I won't I'm gonna say that one but I remember getting calls from and it was Twitter DMs texts emails and then even calls from CNN and MSNBC and I don't think the ambulance had even left the stadium then so at that point if I wanted to know like how serious this was or what a big story this was becoming like it became immediately clear you know what I mean it was just it was remarkable to see the the level of 
concern, uh, number one, and then, you know, national interest in what was, uh, and then what became, you know, as Tyler, you know, uh, alluded to, one of the biggest stories of our lives. Ever. Rare. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, we keep saying it, rare. It's so gross, rare, whatever the word is. Yeah. And for you guys both to have been there, I can't, I, didn't, I was texting Tyler, like, it just, I just couldn't believe he was there. Here you are telling it, and for you seeing it, that's, I can't get over it. Like, uh, I'll tell you, I got, I, I don't want to say his name just because no, he, he may not want it out there, but I got a, a phone call. I, while DeMar was on the field from an NFL head coach who is currently in the league as a head coach. Um, if you're smart enough, you'd probably be able to put it together. And coach who cares about other human beings. Of course who cares about other human beings who was so concerned about what he had just seen. He wanted to talk to someone who was there and knew that I would be there. And uh, a, a, that says a lot about this person's character, but B, I think it, he was watching at home millions of people were. this is a huge game millions of people were watching this my wife is at home uh with my son who's watching the game and she's texting me worried about what she's going to tell him um and i would imagine that, that that conversation was being had in living rooms across the country no you know it was. we we yeah. did it <laughs> we yeah. did it it's, yeah. it's, i remember i remember texting gina like you know not sure if sonny should play football yeah it's yeah. uh routine ordinary play yeah and yeah again it's thinking about how it how the very beginning of it you just didn't know you didn't know immediately and it wasn't i remember and i'm sure you remember this too it, it was a good amount of time before they showed the replay yeah in the press box right and i think you know i think we're getting that espn broadcast and that's pretty typical like broad, you know networks will cut away when there's injuries they won't Right. Uh, especially, you know, they're, yeah, they're concerned about they showing them yeah. if it's really graphic. Um, it's actually good to hear. Yeah. It's good to see, I should say, because they're actually doing it. They yeah. cut it out. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. And then, but then we did see it and it was like, oh boy, this, that is scary, you know? Yeah. Can, can I ask you guys both this? I wasn't, you know, I was away, I was away in Texas this week for the XFL training camp. And it was so, it was like, I want to know where you guys were when you, the news came out that he was out of the hospital. Like, as far as you guys kind of were through this journey there, was there anything kind of lifted? I, I just felt like a, there was some uplifting, you know, I'm around all, you know, we're all football guys, we're all together at the XFL training camp and everybody just got a little happy. Yeah. And is that just how your day went? Since, I mean, I can't imagine because you were on that journey. I mean, what would have happened? Yeah, you don't even want to let your mind go to the hypothetical. No, no, no. I want to hear. But I want to hear. The how season would have been canceled. Right. Where football would have never no. been the same again. I, I I can't imagine the conversations we're having with friends and loved ones right now if Demar Hamlin doesn't recover. I to answer a question. You know what? The, the first good news I got. I think it maybe one of his uncles did oh, an interview. Like half the and noted, yeah. right. When, yeah. Exactly. When that number, when the oxygen. Started level started going down. It's a positive from personal experience. Being my positive. grandfather was, you know, uh, intubated this this yeah. year, and it was well, scary. He's ninety four years old. I mean, he he's unbelievable. He somehow plowed through it, and he had eight nine different things going on in his body. But the doctor in Pittsburgh was unbelievable. Like we get this right, we'll get that right, we'll get this right, we'll get that right, and he's we we watched the, the football game last weekend together. He came up to my house. It's, so when I heard that, it just reminded me of my grandpa. I'm like, yeah. okay, if a 24-year-old is seeing that number go down, as long as there's no damage to the brain or other parts of his body, right, when he wasn't 
mean, his heart wasn't oh, beating. I can't, right, I can't imagine. No so, oxygen gets to right. the brain. You know, obviously, that's horrifying. Uh, but the good news just kind of kept trickling out. And I think we all had the same reaction that Rex Ryan had, you know, when he's in tears. I mean, that was spoke for a lot of people. Like we needed that. Like we needed to know that you were you were good and you're yourself just to even because football is just religion. Football is it's not normal. It's not a normal sport. We restructure our entire lives around this sport. And it, it's weird that we're sitting here having a playoff podcast and talking about matchups and whatnot. And I'm so glad we're starting with Demar Hamlin again because I don't think we should just all forget about what happened. No, I want the, that's why I want to hear the good, like Jay, yeah. like for you, what was like? Yeah. Uh, so the thing, like, I want to hear the good. I remember like, the know? thing that stuck out for me the most, and you're hearing that story about your grandfather. I mean, I just want to mention like how incredible these medical professionals are. Oh my so, god, like, Jay, they are just. That's exactly you know, what we talked about last yeah, podcast, yeah. where because I was lucky enough to be around. Yeah, I mean, I was around. I mean, these guys are. I've seen it my whole life. Yeah, see it day to day. Their effort and care for these players is like you have. You can't even understand how much they care about these players. Yeah. So to your that call to action. Yeah. Now you saw it. So and it was just yeah, just flawless, executed to perfection. Right, the awesome. perfect game plan, and it and it comes through. And then. Uh, the moment that sticks out for me the most uh, in this incredible story, the, the longest, uh, is going back to the, the first Zoom call that they did with uh, Dr. Knight and Dr. Fritz in, in Cincinnati. And him saying that he woke up and wrote on a whiteboard, did we win? I, I, I was on that Zoom call and it was just, I remember tweeting, wow, the word wow, like five times. And it's like, I'm not usually like that. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, there isn't a lot that wows me. That that's away. true you are you, know? you are difficult to impress i like it <laughs> yeah. yeah five wows is official it's official like i'm surprised right no and just but just the you're you're you you immediately go to man oh man if this kid woke up and that was his first question he's okay like or he's going to be okay and because the sign that neurologically he was there exactly that... neurologically everything <laughs> was it's out of a movie it's incredible it, it's a and, and, you know, to your point, the good news has been coming out like so, so frequently finding out that he that he's home now is the cherry on top. But for me, the moment I think that I was the most like just, boy, that's amazing is when I when I heard that, that he had woken up and asked, yeah. did we win? I just I don't think when I said, like, you know, seeing that image, I won't forget that. I will never forget watching that Zoom and, and hearing that doctor say that and just how he delivered it. And so matter of fact, and. Um, how their updates, I just thought were so terrific. You know, they were, they answered everything as well as they could have. Um, yeah, really can't say enough about th that. All of them, you know, to, from Denny, uh, who you mentioned, every single person, you guys, everybody was there, it, everybody covered it. I, there was no wrong going. There was all covered. It brought, it brought out the best of humanity. The best. You know, there's yeah, no a lot of nasty, well nasty said. people out there. Well we said. see it on social media. We see it in our everyday lives. We see when people don't return their shopping carts. <laughs> it, but, a lot of nasty people. We, we see it on the Odell Beckham video from today. Hey, man. That one we're going to get in that way. But um, in the, it, it, it's bad it. that it takes something so traumatic and tragic and horrifying to do it. But just to see a country. I've never seen... Any event, sports or otherwise, just bring people together like this did, yeah. and that, that was powerful, right? Powerful. I hope we don't forget it. No, you know that it, inherently people are good, yeah, and and, and love each other, and, and everybody just wanted them to live and just get through this. Um, yeah, and that unification was. I, 
I've never seen anything like that. No. And, and I know it's secondary um, to to what we're talking about here, life and death. But to I, I think that it should be mentioned that the the, the job that the the organization did, Brandon and, and Sean and Brandon staying there um, says a lot about his character. Sean navigating his way through that uh, and having that team, you know, emotionally prepared last week as, as best they could have been, I think says a lot about his leadership. And I know there's been a lot made of that. And again, he, he would be the first to tell you this story is not about him by far, but it, you know, we, we, there's a, uh, you hear a lot about the culture, right? You hear a lot about that in locker rooms around the NFL um, family, right. And all of you know, these buzzwords that, a lot of times maybe feel a little bit cheap, but something like that, I can only imagine inside that locker room uh, had to have had a, a dramatic impact on that team. And for them to to stay together and, and to be able to uh, go out there and play a game, I think does say a lot about the leadership that they have. And it probably, and it extends far beyond Brandon and Sean. I think it extends to their, to their captains, to their veterans, uh, it, but really everyone in that building. That's a lot. That's heavy. Heavy. So, I mean, Taiwan Jones, when we got together a couple of weeks ago, he said how much Sean has changed. At first, he was quote unquote militaristic, mm -hmm. kind of robotic. And, and he had to be. Yeah. I mean, we both covered the Rex years and it's kind of a shit show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it was a fun shit show. I loved it. He let guys be themselves. Not sure you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, in terms of kind of like, yeah, and it was great. Guys could be them, be themselves, but it kind of got off the rails at times. Mm -hmm. Or that hard swing the other direction, that overcorrection to the other, other direction. I, part of me gets it, yeah. but it seems like Sean has kind of reeled it in and become more of a human being with his players over time. That's what Taiwan said. That's what Isaiah McKenzie said too. Is in that locker room, um, he said more players actually wanted to play than didn't want to play. But Sean said, if there's, any, if there's anybody that doesn't want to speak up and we won't do it, which that takes a lot of the head coach to do that, to prioritize what one human being thinks. And then that's when Mitch Moore spoke up and said, yeah. Regardless of Sean's style, since he has started, every player buys in love. That's the number one goal for a head coach. They have to buy in you. This is a job for performers. They buy into you. They're going to do anything. They're, they, so Sean, they buy into Sean because it's proven to work. And now he is. A, he cares about the players. That's why they buy into. Him. He really. Sean cares about the players. We we joke around. I'm the I'm the first to joke around. I've known Sean. I know his personality. He's not you know always the funnest guy. In it. I get it. But he cares about the players, and that means so much to that locker room. And you see the results. So. Yeah. To your point, Dion Dawkins said largely the same thing yesterday too about you know softening, and he's he would he'd know almost as better as well as anyone. He's been there uh, with Sean really from the beginning, for part of his first draft class, and uh, Dion is one of those guys in the room that you're the gonna, bonus draft class, right? That is Dawkins been around at the temple on like Thursday night. Yeah, anyway, yeah, he's he's one of the guys though that I think you can pretty much count on to give you a, a pretty truthful answer most of the time. And he did give that answer about Sean, uh, you know, about his softening a, a bit. And I think that's, you know, you know, you learn, right? Oh, learn. If we all would. I, I think I would be better at my job now. There's another opportunity. Sean, we all agree. And you guys, I'm sure, better players, better on the air than you ever want to be. Sean and his team, what he has gone through this year, coach, people talk about it. You don't sign up for them. And you to react to that and 
and I promise you this, and Sean, I know every NFL team, we talked about this too, but that mental health, they care about that. The players know that. They, they put an emphasis on that. It goes such a long way. I'll tell a quick story, Tyler, before you get in. I talked to Sean. I did a, a rather lengthy feature on him a couple of years ago. I went out to Lake Tahoe. He's playing a celebrity golf tournament, and I had a conversation with him about, like, you know, why can you be so darn difficult to deal with in the season? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we ever get a straight answer from you? And he basically, he basically said, to, it's not, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but his answer was, everything I do in the season is with my players in mind. And so if I don't answer a question, it's because I'm protecting my player in some way, shape, or form. I might not tell you about his injury, or I might not tell you about why he dropped a pass on third and five. Uh, whatever, whatever he does, his entire approach when the season begins, and if you watch, if you watch him very, very closely, and I would tell people to do this, watch his answers in the these end of season press conference, whenever that comes for the Bills this year, um, that is usually held the day or two days after the season ends, and see how much more free and willing to answer questions he is than he is in the season. Once the season's over, he'll. Well, he opens up to an extent. Uh, to an extent. To an extent. Execution. Thirteen seconds. Well, okay, that's a that's a notable that's a notable difference. But <laughs> you gotta understand. Yeah, we can't. Avoid. I took it a dark direction. No, sorry, no, no because you know what? We're, we're going into the. I see. We're transitioning to football and, and podcast. Yes, but I would also say that there's the potential that the execution is protecting someone. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Which but, would go back to the idea that. He's going to protect his players. Always. Oh, I don't want Andy Reid. Guys, this is why I grew up. The players didn't even know what the hell happened. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. If yeah. they were talking Oh, we're going back to that. But I'm saying it's just that he's been exceptional for this all. Yeah. No, so no. our buddy, Sale Myrano, who we, I'm lucky enough to sit next to at home games, and I love uh, curmudgeonly. I had a great conversation with him. Did we get those transcripts? Can we get that transcribed? <laughs> you would love those yeah, transcripts. Those yeah. would probably be the best stories. Those would be <laughs> the best stories. So Sale is the unofficial historian of the Bills. He's written multiple books about them, covered or watched them for 50 years, right? And has said that there has not been a season that has approached this uh, in terms of adversity. Uh, in franchise history, and I would, I'd be willing to bet you could probably make that case for a lot of teams throughout the league that there has not been a team that has gone through something like this. We talked about, you know, I can't think of anything. Right. I mean, if, if there were some guys that weren't feeling, I don't think that they, uh, you know, after the Arrowhead, you know, thirteen seconds, the way last season ended, I don't think the guys are ready to revolt, right? But that they were a little upset that there wasn't closure to an extent they didn't really know what happened yeah they wanted answers because that was a team that could have won it all yeah. everything that's happened this season you're absolutely right i feel like guys i mean their their love their love for their head coach and their respect for their head coach has just reached an all-time high and accounts for something so i would i would pose a question to you guys this is something that i'm working on or have a i'm gonna another plug here second plug um, in Friday's Buffalo news, we've got like our big playoff preview section. And my sort of centerpiece story for that is centered around the expectations for this team and how they were set the day after the Super Bowl. They were Super Bowl, preseason Super Bowl favorites, right? Historic, right? Nobody bet on a team to win the Super Bowl more than the 2022 Buffalo. And, and they didn't even make it to the conference championship last year, which is amazing in and of itself, right? That's like that move too. That's right. I almost think that was the time. You forget the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. I almost sometimes forget the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Divisional round game, right? They lose in the divisional round. No, because they're, we're going to talk about it. 
And so this team goes 13 and three in the regular season. They lose two games, one game, which in a million years, they would never lose again, right? To Minnesota. That, that Justin Jefferson play is never happening again. And Josh Allen isn't fumbling a snap. It's true. When he, all you have to do is take one snap and you don't lose, right? So they lose home field advantage. They lose the first round by because of that game. The Minnesota, or excuse me, the Miami game in week three, how many times does Allen miss that throw to McKenzie? For oh, the touchdown? Yeah. Not very often. He makes that throw 90 out of 100 times. Bizarre. And then the, the Jets game, they lose that. That would be the one game where you could say they maybe deserve to lose. And in that game, he throws it 70 yards on a rope to Gabe Davis, who like, drops it. You had a chance to. I forgot about that. So they've lost three games. And they have lost them all in ridiculous fashion by a combined eight points. Now, all of this is to say, this is a long-winded way of getting to my point. Why, if you follow Twitter during the game, is this the worst team in the NFL? Like, people are furious that the offense isn't scoring every time. The defense stinks. Like, what are where are our expectations for this team? What do you think, Jim? I think, the Bills are oh, I think they're one of the three teams that's going to be fighting for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> with Cincy and KC. But I, but I also – I'm I'm with you, though. But there's a there's been a – there's been an almost a they have no chance. Yeah. It's bang yeah. KC. But – and – right. And I feel like there – but there is a part of me that goes – there's a lull during the game where the offense isn't doing it or the defense is giving up more than we're accustomed to. And they just don't pass the eyeball test in times. And so it's, I, I get where people are coming from. I can tell you this, because I'm big analytically. Yeah. They pass the eyeball test on the stats that matter. Like, right. Of good teams. Yeah. So right. th that's why I'm not panicking on this team. And I'm talking more on their defense team. Okay. Because the one thing, the one thing Tyler and I talked about, and obviously you were there before the tragedy happened, but tragic incident but the Bengals were ready to roll yeah in that game yeah like that it builds I, you don't see the bills look like that on a first drive where it's like the Bengals dictated that drive yeah. executed in game plan perfection yep. that's when you know and when you're in the press box or you're working with the deep coordinator okay yeah okay they did their work too yeah they came out so that first punch in the mouth, like we always see, hey, Bill's counter, you know, Bill goes for that and you know, touchdowns. So. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, too, because I think, you know, so much of what happened in that Cincinnati game is clearly wiped from the memories and wiped from the record books. Um, but you're right in that the defense, boy, there were some concerns there at the beginning. And then the offense, and, and I, I won't even say the offense because it moved it down pretty well. But you get back to Sean and mm, fourth and three from the goal line. Are we kicking there? You know, like he's been down that road before and it hasn't worked out, you know. And that that felt a little bit like are you your goals aren't gonna matter. Field goals aren't beating Burrow. They're not they didn't, they didn't beat Mahomes and they don't beat Burrow. Get it out of your head and so yeah. Yeah, they think there's some obvious flaws with the Bills for sure. They're, they're not this unstoppable and force of nature. They're not unstoppable. I'm just saying it like they're, they're going to beat Miami. I mean, we could break down this match. No, I can't. Want, but they're they're going to be tough. That's right. Here's two things that are going to happen this game. They're either going to, it's it's a Bills win or it's a historic gross loss in Bills history. So there you go. 
one of one of the worst ever. I think ever, probably ever. That's not even a thirteen-back situation. Sounds like Skyler. Yeah, like Teddy was throwing a little bit. A little bit. Ready right. Off. I mean, they. I mean, McDaniel himself said that they're preparing Skyler to start. I don't know that you'd say that's that if you're gonna try to. I say that's that, that feels pretty corny if you're gonna be like the, the jersey number for the coaches. Yeah. Teddy or Skyler. Yeah. Jersey number. I hate to say it like that. This game is a. We're just getting the next week. It's, but you know what? This is what you work hard for as an organization. You get teams like this. Trust them. The bills are going to, they're not going to take it right now. We'll see. They're going to come out. Good number on this if you're into the Vegas yes. stuff. 13, 13 and a half point favorite, wherever it is right now. The biggest playoff favorite the Bills had ever been before this was 11 and a half points. Think about some of those Super Bowl era teams. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think it goes to show you what they're going. I mean, yeah. No, it's, Miami's maybe that says a little more about Miami than it does the Bills, but still, I think that's significant. I had a friend of mine brought up a great point. How lucky are the Bills that Pittsburgh is not in a You think Pittsburgh would? Would they have played the Buffalo? Yeah, they would have been the seven. They would have rather played Miami than Buffalo. Yeah, New England, especially with those two. I mean, New England was in that game. It took two. Kick returns, all touchdowns. No question. Yeah. Pittsburgh's playing pretty well right now. Yes. That, you, know, that, you don't want to see that right away. It's funny you mentioned Pittsburgh because I remember covering the Steelers game this year and Bills won 35 to 3. And I left that game going, geez, I didn't think Pickett was too bad. They, they lost 35 to 3. You know? I, I know. I'm not, I was going on. I, yeah. I like the first thing we talked about was the moment wasn't too big for Pickett. Yeah. It looked like he had his first start, right? Yeah. Then they started getting healthy on defense for yeah. the end of the year. And they weren't a team you wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, what's, give, give us a reason that the Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl and a reason they won't. Well, let's see. I mean, a, a reason that they will, I hate to, I hate to say it, but it, um, after what they've been through, there it feels like a bit of a storybook type of a season to them. I know that's Hollywood, right? No, and, and I know that Hollywood doesn't always, you know, not every, not every season has this Hollywood ending, but if there's ever a team that's going, if there's a neutral observers, right? If you're in uh, pick a city here, uh, St. Louis right now, and you don't have a team that you root for or wherever, uh, trying to think of Fargo, North Dakota, right? <laughs> that doesn't have an NFL team. How are you not sort of pulling for the Bills here a little bit? And maybe they ride that. Maybe they ride that wave of emotion. I, I talked about this before the New England game. You, I could see that going one of two ways. They could have won 50 to nothing and it wouldn't have surprised me, or they could have lost. They could have just been flat, and that wouldn't have surprised me either. And now it ended up being kind of in the middle, right? They did ride that wave of emotion, and they got it done, but maybe to your point, it wasn't always easy. And that's kind of been the the story of their second half of their season. It hasn't always been easy, but most of the time they've figured out a way. And so they had wins like that before. Yeah, they had so many blowout wins, and right, exactly. And there was the whole narrative about you know their their record in close games, and that's changed a lot. Um, so the reason that they could win is maybe they damn well deserve to win, right? And the reason that they couldn't win is I think there's a couple, um, you know. If you want to get like into the X's and O's, like sure. you're worried a little bit about the pass rush without Vaughn. That's why he was signed for these games. Right. Um, KC game, he ended the last three yep. drives himself. Exactly. So you, yeah, you've lost him. You know, the secondary is not the same as it has been. You know, Jordan Foyer is playing through more injuries than we even know. Uh, I'm sure we're going to learn about those after the season when he'll actually tell you. 
Trey is not Trey exactly yet. Um, they don't have an answer. I mean, you know, they have a short list of guys who are disappointed. Kyrie Eagle's on that list. He's a first-round pick. You want him starting. He's not starting. Um, you know, you're you're down to your third-string safety now. We know, you know, Micah isn't playing, at least in this game. Uh, so I think the secondary is an area of concern. And when you couple that with a pass rush that maybe is having trouble getting home, there are some concerns there, right? Offensively, are they too reliant on Stephon Diggs? They have not had a consistent number two option behind them. Gabe Davis hasn't developed and, and become the guy that most people thought he was going to be. Another drop, you know, another drop. He just, I don't know. I wonder if mentally, as much physically, what's going on with him? It's so hard when those players take that. Are they going to take a jump? Yeah. Are they hit their ceiling? Yeah. You know, and I, we're all Gabe Davis fans. I, I love everything about his team. I think he's going to be okay, but that is a mental block. Yeah. When you've seen a guy do it and he's been struggling doing it, that's mental. They're going to need him. I mean, they're they're absolutely going to need him on the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, their running game is, is what it is. You know, if a team – takes away Allen's running, you know, can Singletary and Cook do it? I think there's all those types of legitimate questions that would factor into why why they maybe couldn't do it, you know? Are you seeing a team really galvanizing around this whole Tamar Hamlin situation? Like, what does that kind of entail, right? Yeah. I was just talking to Eric Kramer, um, and we had the series on him and his life story, and saying – he was on that Lions team in 1999. Dad, you know, this is way, way before our time. You might remember this, Jim, because you're because you're old. older. <laughs> Mike Utley. Yeah, I do remember it. It was a major moment. It was. It was the thumbs that up. Time that thumbs up was a major moment. Right. No for life. No doubt. That's one of the best Lions teams of all time. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship game, and he kind of remembered them somehow rallying around tragedy. Now, Tamar Hamlin is who knows, he might run out of the tunnel this game. Like he's he's not paralyzed, he's alive and well. He might play football next he's year. He's home, right? He's yeah. home. And so exactly. it's, that would be a powerful, powerful energy source for the team. They might want to save that for the Bengals in the division. Well, I'm gonna talk <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's say time to against Skylar Thompson, save it for Joe Burrow. Yes. He, and this is what's fun about being like, I love analyzing talk about this, but I keep thinking about what the Bills are going through this week, like preparing for this game. We're breaking down pass rushes, secondary, three and all that. I think their secondary looks a little slow. Yeah. That would be one thing I've noticed. Yeah. I am just flat out. I feel like I'm seeing guys run by them, but man, they just want to be. Yeah. I promise you. Like, they're, this is this is what we have. We are, they, they aren't breaking it down like we are as far as yeah. we have concerns. They don't have concerns. We are trying to win. We can win as people because we have the tools. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, listen, this entire season has built up to this moment, yes. right? No, and this is their season now. Yeah. You just want to get. Right. You wanted to get through the regular season, and I'm sure there's a level of disappointment in not having home field sure. and missing out on I that would, vibe. I agree with you. But I think probably pretty quickly they've put that behind them, and they've gotten to this point. And it's really about this point. I mean, it's uh, we're uh, one week out from a year uh, from that Kansas City game, and it's probably been a, a long time coming for this team because that's what it was about. It was getting back to and getting beyond that game. Simulate two postseason. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, this switch is what I've seen. You see what the Saints, Eagles, even when I started as a scout, you see the switch. It's a whole level. You guys have been around it. When you cover these games, they're faster. Everything's different. And, that's, and that is really what intrigues me the most about this game is that I think 
fully that the Bills will win it and probably win it comfortably, but how do they look in doing it? You know, the, the bar is not probably the perfect game against New England in the playoffs last year because that was unprecedented, but I think this needs to be a convincing win. More so for the fan base probably than even the team, but I think I, I think the fans are going to want to see a team that goes out and dominates the best. Yeah. I would be concerned a little bit with Josh Allen's style and post, right? Like Joe Burrow, you know, is going to rely on everything up here in this head. So just take what you give him. I, I just think of like, oh my God, like growing up, you know, I take family vacations and me and my brother, we'd, we'd play like tennis against each other. And my brother was just so calm and patient and he would just volley and volley. Same thing like if we played ping pong, he would just wait for me to lose my mind and just make a mistake. That's kind of Joe Burrow, right? If he's just going to take what you give him, he's not going to make a mistake. He's going to make throws that blow your minds and he's as close to a perfect quarterback as you're going to see. Where Josh Allen does all the crazy shit, it's going to like you know, jump over linebackers, he's going to run you over. But even in that New England game, you still see one or two throws a game that, what the hell did you see out there that's going to cost you against the Kansas City, the Cincinnati? Yeah. It's not going to cost you against Mac Jones when he's you know, throwing three picks himself. But the way you just described that, that's how KC would describe a home something. Yeah. I promise you, he can drive you crazy as a like he will do stuff kind of white like Cincinnati. Fair enough. I was thinking that, but like that's it's a good problem. These are the first world problems. I totally it's yeah. it's probably you, one of, you wouldn't rather have EJ. You would rather have I love EJ. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah we don't we don't want to guy. We don't want to throw shit. No, no, EJ. He was so great, good. Great no, that was that was but to your point, I don't want to be searching for a quarterback. Yeah. These are the first world problems. I I'm gonna respectfully disagree a little bit. I, his style doesn't worry me in the playoffs. Maybe there's some recency bias here because he played potentially the greatest postseason in NFL history last year. I mean, when you look at New England and Kansas City, he was flawless. And I think that he has proven that the moment is rarely too big for him anymore. Maybe at the beginning of his career it was, you know, that Houston playoff game, he was trying to be Superman and it was disastrous. But even then you saw the flashes of just otherworldly ability. And so, no, I, I, I got to be honest. I think the the least of my concerns going into this postseason is Allen. Now, to your point, turnovers were an issue. They finished third in the league in giveaways. Uh, they had a zero differential, which was, I think, 15. That's not great. And that's largely – I mean, the, the takeaway number was good. They, they turned it over too much. Allen threw too many interceptions. They lost a lot of fumbles. There's some fumble luck involved in there. You'll want that to be better. But the last guy I'm worried about in the playoffs is Allen. Takeaway number, takeaway number. Yeah, I like takeaway. Taking those layups. So, at like three, four games in a row to get to the Super Bowl, it takes consistency and what the defense gives you. And hey, I love Josh. I think he's, you know, ungodly. Look, there's three, there's also one of three. Out of those three, Josh Patrick, that's just one element of his game that would concern me a little bit. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, I I'm just the first one. You guys are you guys are going to do this next week, and you're going to probably preview Bills Bengals, and I feel like we're talking a lot about that game, right? You know, but we're, I mean, everybody's yeah, everybody's already looking forward to that rematch. You know, obviously that game didn't finish, but uh, that matchup, I guess, is the right way to say. And the playoff team is just let's. I don't even need to do that. No, here would be something to pay attention to this weekend. Speaking of that, like, because if the Bills can come out and dominate, which they can do on the team, I, you know, they can get up on them and 
let's say it this way, somehow win the game comfortably, which is hard to do. I'm not going to sit there and say this is going to be easy. But if you can, great, because the Bengals are going to have to work in Baltimore. That Baltimore defense is great. Like, I love, we all love this Bengal team, we love. Yeah, but they're going to have to show up. No matter who's playing quarterback for Baltimore, that offense is going to go through some things. And that's where could the Bengals going to make sure they come out that day healthy. You know what I'm saying? The Bills should. So, so that's the stuff you got to think about sometimes. Great point. Because right, the Bills would love to get out of this on stage. This would no be a beautiful. Hey, let's come out. Let's breezy. Let's run the ball. That's not right. It's never that easy. I mean, you want to be playing Tyler Matakevich mid midway through the third quarter, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A Tim Tyndale situation. You're looking for some quality Case Keenum work in the shop. <laughs> yes. We all want to see Case. Yes. That, that Ravens Bengals game. No, that's going to be a point. That Ravens defense. The Bengals are pissed with yep. dirty tactics that they allege of Baltimore in the finale where they wouldn't really give specifics, but they said they, I mean, they basically were calling their shot. Like, we can't wait to play him again. We can't wait to see him again. They're going to hear from us. They're going to feel us. Um, you're right. They're, they're, they'll win. They're going to come out with a few more bruises probably. Right? That's, that's overanalyzing, but that's what we do, right? <laughs> I know this is kind of Bill-centric on this episode, but is there a game that you guys are looking forward to other than this one? Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if the Giants are for real. I mean, I've never totally bought into the to the Vikings as a 13-win team. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I've got a lot of debates. So I'm interested to see the Giants, obviously the, the, the Dayball and Shane connection and um, – you know they're two two good dudes, uh, so that that game intrigues me. Um, the the Chargers are that team that I think uh, everybody's always kind of wanting a little more from, and maybe you know are they do they have the type of talent in the quarterback? And think what are they they are getting Bosa back, right? Maybe or not, I don't know. But you know maybe they're getting a little healthier. Can they can they maybe make a run? And can they you know if they win, obviously they get Kansas City the next week, so. They're, I would, I would sort of maybe pick them as like that sleeper team, like if they get hot, you know, I'm, I'm, I know Herbert didn't have like the big fantasy numbers, but he's a stud, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's the team I'm paying attention to. Yeah. yeah, it's time for Herbert. Yeah, it's time. Because I did not like the way Jackson did the that yeah. was a yes, yeah. yeah, no thank you on that. Exactly. But it's this is where Herbert needs to take that. This is official next step. Yeah. yeah. And Trevor, you're close. You're coming on. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm basketball. I always prefer basketball. I swear the NBA is always an example where you always see guys that get into the playoffs mm -hmm. and they get balanced. And then next year advance. You know, it's yeah, there is a there's a process in this. Yeah. And this is Herbert's time to get in the mix with the big boys. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, if you can there does seem something kind of poetic about it being Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and Herbert in the, in the divisional round, right? If it ends up being that way, that would be yes. yeah. Please sign me up for that. Exactly. No Jags. Love the Jags. Real good against Tennessee. Love the Jags, as we know. As I cash that ticket, preseason win the NFC. Oh, you, you put your money that, where your mouth is. Oh, yeah, that we one. talked about that early in the year. I had them win. How much money did you put on that? Can you say nice. That? I wanted to buy some rounds. Uh, okay. 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 Let's get a Bills one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like Jacksonville. I didn't. I guess my take from that Tennessee game, yeah, it was ugly, but oh. I wanted to see the Jacksonville defense kind of mm -hmm. do some things. Yeah, too. Dobbs 
You don't just waltz into a game against Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> and all right, Tampa Bay, Boston, Dallas, purely for the chaos that would ensue if Tampa Bay won this game. Yeah. It would just be great to see Jerry Jones posted up in that visitor's locker room, fielding questions. Like, this is the scene that we get every no. year. They always let everybody down. They always do this game. People expect them to win. And I, I know we disagree, Jim. We were talking about it before. No, I can see Tom Brady this winning this game. I think he's got one more like classic moment in him, and it's going to be this game just crushing the souls of the Cowboy fans. I feel like this is the only playoff game in history that's going to somehow end in a tie, right? Like nobody wants to see. Like I don't think there's anyone in America that's rooting for either of these teams, right? It's like, oh god, Brady's going to advance, or the Cowboys are going to advance. It's like. I'm at, maybe it's just, you know, Buffalo bias in, in the brain, but like, does anybody want to really do these teams to win? I mean, they're both just so full of it. Did you know? Giselle want Tom to get away? <laughs> Jim, can't wait to see her. Jim doesn't want to. No, she has her Prescott jersey on. Yeah. Um, you think she can't wait to But I know that. You think she watches the game? Yes, with her Prescott jersey on. Um, okay. What I do think is, and I know, is neither one of you are gamblers because you're saying that people want it to end in the ties. You know, there are fans for both teams because there are a lot of gamblers. But take that out. I actually think Dallas is going to win this game. Uh, I think they're the better team. I, I'm, with, I'm like this, and Dak is looking. I'm just, this is one thing I tried to do. This is a new. Playoffs are a different beast. Yeah. The Cowboys are playoff ready. They've been there. They they dabbled. You know what I mean? This is a good football team. Analytically, which I love, they're a really good football team. Tampa, they're not good enough. Yeah. You can't find a good football game for them. And Brady and Aaron Rodgers, we all are scared and blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah. Dallas should win this game. No, let's it's not lump them together. Come on. Okay. Now let's do this then. Aaron is shot. I'm talking about age. <laughs> but let's do this though. How you said they, if Dallas loses this game, you said the scene of Jerry Jones after the game. No, what everybody needs to do is find whatever private jet Sean Payton, whatever line he's on. Yeah. There you go. That's what that Jerry texts Sean it's, during it's, the game. I would think it's instantaneous, close what, to. What will take, even though. You don't have total control. Because I will always have total control. And I don't know if Sean Payton is up to that point in his career. Because there's going to be other teams that are going to give him total control. Right. The Cowboys thing will be so bad. It's not about the Washington. Washington. They look okay. so Dak looks bad. Tyler, agree again. I don't even like him. I've never seen Dak look worse. Mind blowing stuff he's doing. Like, disappointing to me. I'm throwing out the NFL is a week to week league in a regular season in playoff. Big jump. Not that Brady's not ready to do I just think Dallas is a good football team. I don't think Tampa's good. I think Tampa stinks. I love it. Every week. Can you come to my every week? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let me back. Sorry, I'll take you guys on one. I like the gritty, grimy, disgusting wins that Tampa Bay has been turning out this year. I want an 8 9 divisional winner. I think it speaks to the intestinal fortitude. Just don't play this back when Brady has his. Uh, oh, I can't Here it is. I the first the, it, 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 45 year old, 450 yard, you know. Rashad White, friend of the program, is going to blow up. 
right. All right. Seriously, though, on the Bills. No, yeah. All right. Let's just bring it back. Let's close here with the Bills. I picked Cincinnati to win it all. Probably still kind of lean that direction because of Burrow, but gun to the head, I probably would pick Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. I just think that this DeMar Hamlin stuff is pretty powerful and could be that extra nudge. I don't even know how you quantify it. Right, I don't know. I don't know what Can't. metric you look at or how you. No, but it just feels like this team is so close. We've been, we've all been around this game for so long. Uh, you're in that locker room every day. You've got to talk to the players as much as they can. These guys seem so close. Yeah, that means something. I think so. Like they they fight for each other. They they've been knocking at that door for a while. Um, this could be the year they bust through. It's funny. I want to hear Jim's take on this because I can tell that he's got more of an analytically mind to the wired brain than we do. And, you know, you and I are writers, and so we are uh, after that good story, right? We're after that human Maybe that's element. Part of it. I think yeah. that's part of it. I do. I mean, going back to what I said before, it's you want to write the best story. And the best story is the Bills winning and overcoming all of this stuff, right? And not all the time does the best story happen, but – it, you could you, there's an there's an obvious appeal and you can talk yourself into very easily them being inspired for, for everything that they went through and getting the job done. Now I don't know necessarily that they can do it, but it's funny when you say that like analytically it kind of matches up with the you know with with the, the heart, the emotion, the feeling, right? And so maybe maybe it is, maybe it is this year. I will say. You know, another number to point out that I think I, I recite this every chance I get. I think it's huge. They're three and all at home under McDermott in the playoffs and they're own four on the road. That to me is a significant sample size, right? That's a, that is a big number. They don't have to play any more true road games this year, right? If they go to Atlanta and it's Kansas City, what do you want to bet? That stadium is 70% Bills fans. Now the Chiefs travel, right? They Their fans travel. It's big. Bills fans, right? That's going to have a home game feel. A lot of Bills fans who live in Atlanta. Absolutely. So that's going to have a home game feel to it. I think that I know that I know the goal was the number one seed and they fell a bit short of it. But getting Cincinnati to come to Buffalo, I think, is a big difference than having to go there again. Agreed. I mean, it's a fast track. Which they prefer. Are we talking about the Atlanta game or if it's in Atlanta? It's crazy to me. I, when I think of Atlanta, I don't even think of the Falcons. I think of the SEC championships. That was my whole life as a scout. And picture the Bills and Chiefs playing there. It doesn't seem right. And Craig Ironhead Hayward and Jeff George. The great part about Atlanta, it's direct flights from the heart. Probably KC fans that are most famous. So, you get flights. so that should be good for fans. In general, I agree. Bills will be able to pop in, in a good way. Um, man, it's hard to pick against the Bills. We're doing Super Bowl pick. I, it's okay. I'm just gonna say I think Kansas City is out of control. I think Mahomes is in my mission right now. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. And man, I hope the Bills win it. And I will be cheering and crying like everybody else. Yeah, just blatantly mocking opponents at this point. Those Chiefs, no, the ring around the rosy. That's, that's what Ella, Sonny, and I do. You know, we play ring around the rosy. Seriously, we got our Apollo ring around the rosy. It's like, well, this is what the Chiefs did against the Raiders. So, so right quick, how how long before AFC and NFC championships are always neutral site? Is it coming? Oh God, well, I'm let's do it this way. I, 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 like, I, I, like I don't either at all, but I'm with you. But they'll do the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it'll do right. It's gonna do numbers. Yeah, yeah. If the yeah. numbers look good. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. That's actually a great point. Yeah. 
Because they will do the numbers. Great question. Because they will do the numbers. Yeah, they will. It's a good. Yeah, it's a good try. If it it works financially, you will see it. Yeah, yeah. Just like the combine is on TV. When we were scouting, oh my god, yeah, we're like, there's numbers. Yeah, right. It did numbers through the roof. Exactly. Yeah. They don't care about real organic, <laughs> like energetic atmospheres. Yeah, well, doesn't give a shit about that. Uh, they just they leave those markets. You, you said before though, Chargers don't have any fans. You said something about not. You don't like the seventh playoff team. I don't hate it. I think the I think uh, the number one seed is really significant now. Um, obviously, it used to be number one and number two got the buy in the in the home field. So. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm interested that you don't uh, that you don't like it. I feel like it does. It does feel like there's a usually there's six bona fide playoff teams, and then there's a seventh kind of crappy team that sort of gets you. The team for the playoffs. So okay, there's my first argument. But to, here's where I struggle. You know, my first reaction is you. My main reaction is the one seed should get. The biggest advantage you can give that one seed. That is, they deserve whatever that is. And it's the bye week, obviously. But if that, you know, if they're the only team to get the bye, then they that is a big advantage. So then are you saying that I'm, I'm okay with seven or seven? Yeah, I am. So I wanted to go through the home. I, I, do, I think the one seed should have every single advantage that you can give them. Yeah. That is, that is well, that is like, you should be so proud. I mean, eliminating the buy for the two seed further incentives. It's so working so hard. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that adding a playoff team and adding a week to the schedule, it just kind of we've used it that analogy before. It just kind of drips. Like that week to schedule. You're out a little bit league is just kind of like college bowl games, like bowl games. So my buddy Tom Silverstein. PackersNews.com, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We worked together five years. We wrote a great column right after the Packers lost to the Lions. And his whole point was this whole like magical run the Packers were on, it was a mirage. They were no they were not on a magical run. Like every single team in the NFL over the course of 17 games, they're gonna have a run of Three, four, five Rollers. really good weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Packers just had their run late in the season, but the way the schedule broke, it's you know, Tua had the concussion. Everything kind of just went right for them. At that point, they were never that great of a team. So every team kind of even the Bears, as you pointed out in, in the column, the Bears had a little run themselves where they lost like three games in a row by a point or two. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just I don't like anything that plays into that. Like I mean I want to know who the good teams are, who the bad teams are. Let's get that's kind of why I, I don't like the college football playoff. Bring back the BCS. You need TCU getting their ass kicked by 60 points. Rough rough for college football. Yeah. NFL to sum up an NFL season is like Justin Fields. Cut him. Oh my god, he's the greatest. <laughs> He's not good enough. Yeah. Cut him. It, the roller coaster. Yeah. We love him. Like it, you can, it's, yeah. it's that's for every team. But, and maybe that's part of the NFL mission here. They want the roller coaster. It, it is storylines. There's no go There's no doubt expanding to seven teams. So think about how many teams going into the last week were still alive in the playoffs, yes. right? And so that there's elements of hope. Exactly. You didn't like it though, and you I don't think, like it. I, I thought I did a couple weeks ago. I think I even wrote it some point. Like this is kind of cool. I can't. I, I don't like. It. I, I hate it. I disagree. I kind of like it. I think 
Now, I will say that I think the NFL is a lot different than baseball in this way, that baseball, like, look, the Phillies made the World Series. I think they were the worst team in the playoffs, record-wise. They were, geez, not better, not much better than 500, and they made it to the World Series. So I don't really know how that happens. I don't know that a seven seed is making it to the Super Bowl um, because there does seem to be that pretty clear drop-off. Like, wow, there's six teams that are legit, and that seventh team sort of snuck in. Um but the second seed's Tom Brady. Okay. And yeah. Geno Smith. But to my point, I mean, Tom Brady. Like, uh, you would be shocked if he made a Super Bowl. But he's a man. They won the well, division. I count them as seven. I dare you. The Smurfs, the NFC South. Like record. That. Record. I, I could do this all night. We should also talk about they should not seed by division winner. They should seed by record. But that's another point. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's another hour. I know. I, so, I, 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 I kind of like a team winning their division and being like rewarded for that. Oh, come on. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the Buccaneers should not get a home game because they went nine and eight. Eight nine, eight, excuse me, whatever it was. <laughs> no, they were nine and eight. Did they go eight and nine? They lost last game. Oh I swear, under five. They were under five. I hate to say it. it's why I was just saying seven seed. At eight and nine should not be anything but seven seed. That's well, what I say. That just because the NFC you know. South is for men. Well, all right, not boys. That's where men. That's where men play ball. Eight you know? nine. Eight. There you go. Eight nine. Eight nine. Home playoff game. There you go. Love it. In front of those, they're playing rabid Buccaneers fans. There's more to this story, too. Rabbit McCarthy. That's a story I got to tell. Look, we don't have Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Right? We have Mike McCarthy now. And that's, you know, we have all Tyler's favorites. So this is. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, well, you know, we got to definitely get back to that Aaron well, Rodgers talk. So it's either Bill's win or historic loss. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. Close, close to the worst loss in the I'm close. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Right, I think, it, I think it yeah. beats 13 seconds. It's too bad. I mean, I, I agree. With it's you. all on Miami. Yeah. Like, this is unacceptable. But, but this game, you can't lose. No, you cannot lose. You cannot lose. Yeah. They were up by eight. I don't say that a lot here. In Buffalo, because I don't say winning lightly. You can't lose. Right. You're 100. percent I mean, to the point where you are. Where I guess you're. I mean, you're having. I just want you're having points. types of conversations that you couldn't ever imagine having about this team if they were to lose it. So, yeah. yeah, I can't see it. I can't see it. I think, yeah, this is a team. They throw around a team of destiny and storybook and Hollywood, but there is something they're playing off of with this tomorrow. They really are. And you're right. I think they should stay in for the division alone. <laughs> Give them a week to recover and then let them run out of that tunnel. That's, tonight. that's exactly right. Yeah, they don't need any. I, I think they can. Show up and handle Skyler. Right? They don't. They don't need that extra extra nudge against Skyler. No, no. Two guys they need to worry about. Skyrie. If Miami wins, like we need to do, like maybe we bring Skyler Thompson on. Got to do something. That's major. We're talking major. Miami wins. Like I don't. That's something that's not even. You probably, you probably got to fire people, right? There's gonna be some talks, not this year. Yeah, no, no firings this year, but that's that was the no firings, no firings this year. They've been through a column back this season. Great, so it's great. Okay, 
Jay, you were amazing. Thanks so much, brother. Jay, nice to see you. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Sorry it's been since training camp. We did no. How quick did that go, right? No, I mean, I just I know you're so damn busy yeah. covering the team, but you are welcome yeah. any day, anytime. If you awesome, want to pop some beers, yeah. you can get away from the fam and the beat for a couple hours. Let's set this up at the Super Bowl, if not before, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. Nice. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks so All much right. for coming on, and thank you for watching and listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Thank you.